Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rough Stuff, uh, the podcast where we invite our friends on and have them tell us embarrassing stories from their childhood. I'm Bridget Greenberg, and one time during a championship basketball game, someone else was taking a free throw. And apropos of nothing, I fell over my own two feet on the bench. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that's my co-host. Co-host. Hi. Yeah. I'm Sarah Griffith, and I think it was literally up until college i struggled with the difference between the city states of pittsburgh pennsylvania and philadelphia oh you didn't know which was west here's the thing i knew in my heart that pennsylvania was the state but philadelphia and pittsburgh also sound like states so sometimes sure. i would say like pittsburgh is in philadelphia or like philadelphia is in pennsylvania like i would get the three of them kind of mixed up in those ways Sure. Uh, and uh, with us is, uh, he has a co-host a podcast with our friend Soren Bowie called Quick Question. He uh, used to work at a website uh, called Cracked.com and has won something called an Emmy for a show called Last Week Tonight. Uh, it's Daniel O'Brien. Yes, hello, I'm Daniel O'Brien. All those things that Bridget said are true. Uh, she left out that I once accidentally confessed a crush that I had to that crush because I didn't realize I was on speakerphone at the time. <gasps> oh, I... That's painful. Did she talk? Yeah. Like, did she... Was she like, hey, I'm here? She did, yeah. So it was um, the summer between eighth grade and freshman year, and uh, we had just gotten our schedules mailed to us for mm. the fall marking period. So right. uh, I'm very old. Um, <laughs> we used to get our schedules mailed to us. And so we would go, I went, we all went to my friend Chris's house and call up various girls that we were friendly with on a landlocked telephone <laughs> to see if we were going to be in any of the same classes. So we had something to look forward to. This was like a normal thing that right. people did in the past. Mm, yes. um, we'd reached a girl I liked and one of my buddies was just dunking on me the whole time. And, and any time that, that, in a way that we weren't doing with anyone else, any time that she said she'd read off a class that this guy, my quote unquote friend, knew that we were going to have together, he would say, you can't see it, but Dan's jumping for joy right now. Ha ha. And he'd done it enough times that I, that I muted the phone and I was like, hey, what the heck, man? Why are you doing this? You're making me look like a dork to this girl you know I really like. Ooh. And then from the speakerphone came, I heard every word. Oh, so I faked my own death and moved away because what yeah. choice do you have? That, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That, you got to change your name. Got to get out of there. Yeah. Start a new life. That uh, that friend is is terrible. Yeah, no, he's a he's a bad friend. And uh, not just for that, for an, uh, a litany of reasons. Mm. Yeah. Uh, were you like in in your friend group was like that your role? Were you always like the butt of the joke? Or was this just like an isolated incident where uh, someone took it too far? Um, I think butt of the joke rotated a few times. Right. There were some people that were somehow untouchable. Um, yeah. But the rest of us sort of like, well, this is it's it's going to be the season to mock Daniel. It's like whatever right. thing someone could latch onto because we're all we're all terrified. No one yeah. wants to be the butt of the joke. So as soon as something pops up, as soon as like, and in my case, I heard every word became a refrain for <laughs> uh, the yeah. rest of that year. That makes sense. Like, that, no matter that, what was going on, you could just look at me and be like, <laughs> I heard every word. Remember that when you humiliated yourself? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, because I feel like in every... 
in in especially that age like friend groups uh like that uh there's always like a, a couple like a rotating cast of people that were butts of the jokes but i feel yeah. like uh uh, like a thread that runs through a lot of comedy people is that like they were the butt of the joke and that's how you got attention because otherwise you were pretty yeah. like like I yeah, know like otherwise I would have right. just like blended into the background but then I was like oh if you make fun of me I'll get attention that way and uh, I'm okay with that right oh no I was certainly like everyone like everyone else in our group just like desperate for someone else to screw up like all right it's me for now and then you wait until Steve accidentally calls the teacher mom and it's like, yes, okay, I pass this on to you now. Yeah. Now you are the now subject. Now you get it. Yeah. yeah I guess like you... the joke and, and straight up bullying are different. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. want to be like self-deprecating, right? Because if you can make fun of yourself first, no one else can. Like that's just humor as a coping mechanism 101, baby. Like everyone knows that trick. Um, but there is something about carrying the burden of being like yeah. the joke of the moment or the meme of the moment. Because I know yeah. there are some jokes about me that are jokes against me, but jokes that I'm cool with, that I am cool with. But for some reason, like there does hit like the hundredth time someone makes a joke that it does cross a threshold of like, okay. Like there is, yeah. you can make this joke and so long as it's floating on the top and it's cool, but like with uh, like the same joke over and over again. And then, yeah, it becomes like you have to carry that weight because you have to admit to yourself, like I'm the one that said it was cool to make this joke. You know, it's like a delicate balance. Yeah. And I think for me, like getting tired of those jokes was less about like, you've said this enough times and I'm very sensitive to it, that it's like actually hurting my feelings now. It was rarely that and more like, haven't we gotten enough mileage out of this mm. humiliation? Like, <laughs> aren't you guys as bored of this as I am? Can't we move on to something else now? Yeah. Just yeah. A, like a strange uh, comedy snob about <laughs> bullying. Just... <laughs> Like it's We're tired bit. You guys retire the bit. Retire the yeah. bit. It's it's low hanging fruit. We got to punch up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, tell us uh tell us what a what a, a a young high school middle school Daniel was. Um like I was uh like like a a silly person in that I liked making um my friends laugh and I like to, to make teachers laugh, especially because if you can make teachers laugh, then they're not, they, they can't, you can't get in trouble. Bingo. And so, yeah. uh, I was, was constantly just trying to, to, uh, to be a goofball in that sense. But, uh, in a way that I think is, is true of a lot of comedy people, certainly that I've met is I was also like a very serious kid inside all right. the time. Like, like, like I would just like feel things very hard and, uh, like, Things that that couldn't uh, realistically exist in middle school. Like right. if a, a friend of mine told me that someone else was making fun of me to that friend and the friend didn't defend me, I would feel betrayal in a very <laughs> real sense. And like yeah. talk to my friend that way with that vocabulary and be like, and you didn't stand up for me, me, your friend. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. and who's this other person to you? Who is he right. to you? Right. <laughs> was, was he at the sleepover with you? No, it was me. It was always me at your back. And like, my friends didn't have the vocabulary to be like, look, we're all 13 and just trying to not fucking die, man. Yeah. Right. Like, like, <laughs> we're, all... <laughs> we're all doing our best to survive through this. And uh, I was the only one living in this, in this bizarre uh, right. High stakes Shakespearean thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think a lot of that. And I like, I assume knowing you, you were also a pop culture kid. Uh, yeah. 
where it was just like you you watch a lot of movies, TVs, listen to like the lyrics of songs and just assume that's what your life had to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it had to be at that level of stakes. And uh, yeah. I don't think anybody, there there are very few other people at that age who are taking pop culture as seriously and internalizing it as much. Right. That, uh, I was very that, much the protagonist in the movie and yes. uh, imagining that there would be some kind of arc that made narrative sense and like <laughs> what every, like what every year meant for that arc and like yep. what was, what was, what season six going to be like? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Are there any, let, let's get to, let's get to the meat of it. Are there any like moments that, that stick out to you that you like, you know, the ones that like you'll wake up at like four in the morning and be like, why did I do that when I was 14? I th yeah. The, the things that really make me cringe about myself are, they're always the way that I, uh, except for the time that one was listening over the phone, uh, the way that I like talked to, to crushes because I, oh, yeah. as like awkward, as tragically awkward as I, as I was and am, I, I didn't have a difficult time talking to girls who were like my friends and like being mm. playful. I wouldn't, I won't say charming cause I wasn't then and, and will yeah. never be, <laughs> but like as close as I could approach that of being charming, just like a playful, fun person to be around in uh, doing things that I didn't realize at the time were flirting because I thought I was just like talking and making people laugh. Right. That's all, all I wanted to do. But as soon as like I decided I had a crush on someone, then like a switch flipped in my brain that made me immediately less fun and less interesting. Right. Because <laughs> I, I had this idea in my head from uh, movies that romance was in, in some way supposed to be like tragic and sad and i painted yeah. myself like yes. I, I, I would write i'd write long letters to the to the girls that i liked that were that were all like i know i never have a shot with you but i just want you to know right that my wasted heart is yours forever <laughs> right right and if you ever decide to settle for something less than you deserve know oh. that i will be here completely devoted to you and that's, Oof. I cringe and I want to time travel back to 14 year old me and be like, hey, would you fuck you? Is that, <laughs> do you think this is an attractive quality to be leading with that you like, you, you, you go up to someone and you pitch them on you as like a, uh, like third rate. Yeah. Like, even if you're not like, I, I never had looks that were stopping traffic and I was never cool or anything like that, but like. Pretend you are, you idiot. Yeah, you can't Pretend just least, you can't like, go up to someone and please like me. I am so pathetic. Please like me. <laughs> right. Just like pitch a good date. Like tell someone, hey, if you go out with me, let, we can have a, a fun time. This could be an enjoyable experience for both of us. And don't pitch it as like there are better options. Right. But but <laughs> because I am sad, that makes me the most pure. So if you, fifteen year old girl, are interested in doing the right thing. Settle for Go. me. Go with me. The, the white nightiness. Oh. We'll watch Sideways. It's about a <laughs> drunk writer who complains all the time. Right. And those are, yeah, weirdly, I, I had the same, where like those are the characters I related to. Like I thought I was like a 40-year-old spinster woman who yeah. like <laughs> was just waiting for someone to notice me. Uh, right. Because I wouldn't, I mean, that, that's bold of you to even do that to your crushes. Like if I had a crush on someone... I would like stop. I would just my move instead of being like, 
a normal person and a friend to them who talked to them, I would just stop talking to them. Because if I talked, then I was a friend. Right, you'll yeah. screw it up. Right, so they just need to notice me for my, uh, you know, my weird, you know, braces and uh, like whatever look I was sporting at, right. at 13, which which absolutely wasn't right for me. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just hoping uh, that I was watching a lot of Gossip Girl at the time and in my head I looked like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, they're going to notice me. Bridget, you, you look like Blake Lively. <laughs> yeah, and, but in reality. And 15-year-old Bridget, you, you didn't? I, unfortunately, yeah, no, you just look like I a little girl, I really probably. I, I was waiting. And I, I, like, I, would, I would see myself and be like, it, any day now. Any day now, yeah. that's going to happen for you. You're going to get that much taller, and you're going to be a blonde woman. Yeah, and see, I was, work out. I was under the impression that, like, if I was just, like, the best me I can possibly be, and my star could shine so bright, it would be, like, people would come to me, like, in a gravitational pull, and yeah. I would trap people into that pull, so I never have to approach anybody under any circumstances at any yes. time. I am just so, like... Like, look at how I am making my group of friends laugh so hard. Aren't I, like, the most charming kid in the school? Certainly, yeah. I have suitors who will wish to come and <laughs> ask for my hand. But in reality, like, what signal? I'm just putting out that I'm not interested in anybody but myself. Like, that's like yeah. that's ultimately, like, what that's about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because also at that age, you're, you're so selfish that. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of about them, but it's more about do they like me? So I'm just gonna yes. present, and I I would put a lot of work on on the other person to discover things about me yeah. that I wasn't going to lead with. Like I I was uh, like completely warped by can't hardly wait and yeah. Ethan Embry's character Preston in that movie because yeah. the movie mm-hmm. tells us that so I mean like obviously this is again a character who uh, falls in love with the with the the prettiest girl in school doesn't speak to her for four years and then writes a letter and yeah uh and he's the hero and like mm-hmm. that's what i believed i was like yes this is this is by the end of the movie the, the jennifer love hewitt character is going around and talking to everyone in school and they're like preston is so great and you never noticed and he's like he's funny <laughs> yes and he's a good friend yes. like all these qualities that we never see in him throughout the movie because yeah. all we see of him is him being a sad sack who writes letters for this girl right. that he's borderline stalked for four years mm-hmm. uh but i watched that and i was like yes that's that's the that's the, the way to go i need to be the the the, the right the, the quiet romantic and not the the person that she that her character did date for four years that by all accounts fine probably like like pitched her on a good date he's a handsome guy who was like right i will show you around school i won't stare at you for four years i will put myself out there and i was like no that's a bad yeah. lesson don't be that guy yeah, now that because on the on the reverse, watching movies, I guess I can't hardly wait since yeah, your your protagonist is a dude. That's it. I because I'm thinking of like uh, my goal, and it sounds like Sarah's was kind of similar. Was more of like, or maybe different. My goal was Julia Stiles in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, where you're like. Mm-hmm edgy and cool and that's wow. what attracted people like that's who i thought i could be uh but that also involves like you don't talk to anybody and you're pretty like weird and kind of mean when you do talk to people and intimidating mm-hmm. and uh that's, that's not also, gonna work 
That's yeah. also like a, a, a heartbreaking glimpse into little Bridget because <laughs> that requires uh, subterfuge for someone to find out that they actually love you. Like, yeah. like someone needs to needs to be paid to get to know you first. And then like once they get right. through your icy exterior, then they realize, yeah. oh, th there's there's a great Bridget underneath. But there's no, yeah, no way I, that happens unless <laughs> I'm thinking of the right movie, right? Yeah. He, uh, well, Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. You're you're mixing some movies, but there is like, <laughs> I mean, because they all have the same plot. You're mixing a couple, I believe, but there, I don't he, think there's he, actually like payment in Ten Things I Hate About You. I think they're just Heath like Ledger if, get. Uh, I think it was. I kind of think it was just like a dare. I think they're like she's so intimidating. Oh. I bet you can't woo her. Like I bet you can't, you know, soften that icy exterior with your with your charms. Heath Ledger. Got it. Um there is uh the payment one was it the payment one? No, the payment one was She's All That. I thought She's All That was a bet. She's All That was She's a bet. All That is You're a right. bet, yeah. No, because Ten Things is the taming of the shrew, and though I doubt it is a taming. it's not, you know, because Bianca needs to get married, but yeah, there's a there the hook of Ten Things I Hate About You is like something um something that our listeners yeah. will know all about so, and we'll tweet yeah. us i'm sure and we don't have to worry yeah, about so it <laughs> larry miller has two daughters he's got julia style styles and uh i want to say larissa elaniac alex mack and right she wants to date this fancy rich guy and larry miller oh. says you're not allowed to date unless my other yeah, daughter the dates. other daughter has yes, to date. yes i got it joseph so gordon levitt wants to date the younger daughter Mm -hmm. But her older daughter needs to date first, so they get Heath Ledger to try to date Julia Stiles, so Joseph right. Gordon-Levitt can date the younger daughter. But there's a third guy in the mix who's not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's slimy. That's just Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friend. Hmm. Is that... Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. But I know the younger daughter is, like, really cool and popular, and that wasn't... Yes. That was immediately... That wasn't Bridget. That wasn't what was going to work for me. <laughs> I have to say my favorite part of Rough Stuff every month is when we go through a romantic comedy from our teenage years and just go through it beat for beat, plot for plot. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why people yeah. listen. Yeah. It's, I think, it's for us I, to... I also ahead. think one of my like very obvious defense mechanisms is showing when I don't exactly remember the plot of the movie, you could see me start to like, I know this actor's name and this actor's name. And this <laughs> I need I, I'm I'm grasping at things that I do know. I was like, uh, and it came right. out in this year, and I was wearing a blue shirt when I saw it. See, my memory still works. I did it. Trivia. Yeah, <laughs> my default is just spitting trivia. <laughs> but yeah, so when you had a you you wrote a letter to your crush. Uh, uh, was it a letter? Like, how did you? Was it a piece of express prose? your? Uh, I think the kids are calling it simping. Simping. Oh no, it was never. Uh, <laughs> We thankfully didn't have a term for it. And and this is like, yeah. this has happened a, a couple of times in my life where like, it's the end of eighth grade and it's a very dramatic thing. And the, the girl that I had decided I was in love with, mm -hmm. I wrote her a long, like handwritten loose leaf yeah. letter and, and delivered to her. Okay. Um, and she was going in to person. a different high school. Yeah. Uh, oh. And, it, and it, was, it was like well received. And she, and, and she wrote back uh, just like, I think you're great. This was nice. Goodbye. <laughs> You know, I'm, <laughs> uh, at least she wrote back, you know? Yeah. I Yeah, I logistically, to say, I have questions. Uh, I, I have to say, did she nothing... read the letter in front of you? No, absolutely not. 
Okay. So this was never, and she was going to a different high school. So like this was just, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it was uh, a pipe uh, dream uh, from the start. It's a pipe dream, and and like a hallmark of how I was with with girls for a long time of my life. Very cowardly. It was like yeah, there was like emotionally high stakes, but practically mm-hmm. no stakes at all. There's <laughs> there's a reality in which I never see you again for the rest of my life. Right. So here's this letter at the last possible moment. Right. And honestly, that reality is like the middle of what you're shooting for. Like, obviously, high end, you run away together uh, right. and live your happy, you know, eighth grade life. Yeah. Uh, second best option is just like, thank you. I mean, because yeah. what you're really fearing is like her like balling up the letter, throwing it in your face. Right. So, right. Balling up the letter, throwing it in my face or like I walk into school the next day or the next year and it's like and like copies have been made and it's been handed. Right. Yeah. None of that ever happened. I was spared that, thankfully. Yeah. That's nice. So, I have to say, as somebody who used to be a teenage girl, nothing would have scared me more than seeing a fellow boy classmate come up to me with a note and not saying anything because I know that letter is a love letter. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, that would be terrifying. Like right away. It, and it's it, it not would have scared you in like um It would have scared me this, this way. Boy Let me is a creep. No, not not like that. Not like that. Not like that at all. That would not be going through my mind, especially if it's someone my own age. My fear is more of a social fear of like, oh, my God, this kid is in love with me. And I barely either. It's like I barely know the person or I definitely don't return these feelings. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. To, like on the reverse end of that, that would have been such a moment for me of like, oh, my God, now I have to I have to acknowledge this. Right. And then have I have to, to do, do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, since we're talking about letters, can I tell you guys a story and you tell me if I'm a sociopath or not? I didn't. Sure. I had no intention of telling this story. I don't think I've told it before because I, 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 <laughs> I genuinely don't know if this is like <laughs> in some book about like if he does this in youth, then he'll grow up to be a serial killer. Yes, we, um, we teenage girls all get books that are signs yeah. for future serial killers. Yeah, big so, book of red flags. It's called. <laughs> I will tell this as uh, quickly as possible because this is your show. It's your house and I'm just a guest. So here Please I Please take all the time uh, in the world. I was doing local theater. I was uh, obviously like like many of your guests and and and, and everyone involved, a theater kid uh, mm-hmm. from way back and doing local theater uh, in New Jersey where I was born and raised. Why did I say I was going to do this quickly? And then start- <laughs> no, take your time. Make a meal. It's in the basement of a church in Matawan, New Jersey. Um <laughs> And I was in seventh grade, and the way that, uh, for, if your listeners aren't familiar with theater folk, we have uh, showmances. Like, people just decide mm, you're going to fall right. in love with someone else in the play, uh, especially when you're young, because it's, it's, again, a high-stakes world with a clear ending. So, right. for people who are naturally inclined to drama, this is like, great, I have, like, all of the action is contained within the span of time, yes. from rehearsal to closing night. Built-in drama, that's a season of television. Yeah. Um, and I picked the girl that i decided i was in love with like day one i was like she's cute and i've never seen her before and 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 she's wearing a hat how novel and like talk to her a little bit she's also like incredibly talented like uh like beyond how 11 year old kids are supposed to be talented yeah my parents have been coming to my shows and and telling me good job and then when they saw her she was like that kid's a fucking star great job honey but like that one i was like oh okay yeah. I'm not going to yeah. make it. <laughs> um, so she's very talented and cute. And we talked a little bit. And then um, here's where the sociopath part comes in. 
I step one, I mm. would make sure that I was I was often seen writing in a notebook. Oh, and yeah. uh, no one was allowed to see what was in it. And I was I was as subtle <laughs> as a twelve year old could be about this. Just like oh, there he goes writing quietly, not like in anyone's face about it. And if anyone asked me what I was writing, I would just say it was private, and I would just like keep my papers on Ooh, me at mystery. all times. That was step one. Uh, yeah. Step one was writing. Step two was build mystery. And uh, <laughs> step three was uh, manufacture fate. Uh, where <laughs> there is one part of the show where this girl I had a crush on and I were at like this backstage, this single room. There was like a staging room before you get onto the actual stage. Right, of course. Um, there was only one time where the two of us were in there alone together because I had an entrance and then shortly thereafter she had an entrance and uh on the the second to last performance I had made sure that the papers had fallen out of my pocket as I was yes yeah so oh. on stage and yes. then she finds them yes and it was crucially I'm turning red I'm so fucking yes insane. no I love it this was, I love this it wasn't it wasn't a letter because if it had been a letter then Too obvious. that would have suggested I wanted her to find it. And then that removes right. fate from the equation. Then there's no <laughs> magic in that. It was a no, story. It's more calculating. Ab about how I liked this person. It was a story about a like lead character, Daniel, describing mm. this person that he had a, a, an enormous crush on. So she could get this thing and think, I was never supposed to see this. And I'm seeing it. And, yes. Uh, and listeners, it worked. She yes! Was, oh! Yes! Yes! Wow. Yes. Not so a sociopath. Not a sociopath. You're just a goddamn genius. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm calling it right now. That's not a sociopath move. I think to me, that shows that you truly, truly liked her. I think if some man hacked a system in which I stumbled upon, I, I just think this is so high drama. This is such a story. And this is such a, so many steps were taken to get this girl you must have really 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 liked her i don't think this is i, I think this is a little bit of a game i think you ran a small con but i think ultimately the intention in the heart was there and it sounds like it had a happy ending so yeah, i mean well my concern is like is that like some form of low-level gaslighting um i'm gonna I speak mean, as, to a, be... as a non-theater person here which okay, i think is fine uh... <laughs> Fine, a, a take the fun and 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 mystery and 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 <laughs> fairy tale out of this, Bridget. Uh, no, I think this works. Your plan in in this setting of uh of community, young theater people, I think you played it uh exactly as, uh you know our our favorite movies, uh have have told us to. So, are you a sociopath? No. Is it incredibly calculating? Kind of, but yeah. uh, not, you know, it worked. If it didn't work, I'd be it like, did. you know what? Yeah, you I'm... could say calculating, it's calculating and it's thoughtful. Because like I said, to me, right. more than anything, what the story is, is that you really felt so serious about this girl that you played this long mm. con just yeah. to get her in the end. And you did. Like if it hadn't worked, you'd just be a silly loser. But you're, right. this is, this is a difference between bravery and stupidity. You know what I mean? Like you're right mm -hmm. on that line. <laughs> But because it worked out for you, I say, bam, that's yeah, it, baby. It did. I that's love this story. Uh, women, women love being conned is my takeaway yeah. from that. <laughs> there is like the delightful coda for this uh, because we 
um she told me the next day that she liked it she gave me a kiss yep. on the cheek and she gave me like uh a note <gasps> at, with like a bunch of like oh like tasteful pictures of her because we're children and just like here you can remember me here are some pictures of me and we would, would write each other letters back and forth time goes by obviously every once in a while we would send an email or something as we got older and older uh fast forward i move out to california idly i decide to check up on what she's up to and we reconnect on twitter and she was out in la one of those years because she was in like a national touring company of some show because she's very like she's stuck with it she's incredibly yeah. talented um she was just on broadway before broadway shut down um, wow and she came out to la and like we were in our 20s at that point and i reached out to her and i was like hey i don't know if memory we did like shows together way back when right and i see you're in la do you want to meet up and we met up for for a drink and it was just like what are you up to? What am I up to? Very casual, right. just like chatting back and forth. She took me to the theater yeah. to see backstage. And then we got another drink and she was like, by the way, I still have your letter. <gasps> oh, that's so sweet. Like, oh, I'm so embarrassed of that. I'm sure like I, I, I would cringe reading that letter now. And she's like, no, I'm going to hold on to it. And then if I ever have a daughter, I'm going to show it to her and be like, this is what you need. <gasps> oh, it's a good story, okay. I think. It's, yes. a, it's a nice, happy um, coda. Yes. Here, of course. Yes. Here's okay, but here's this I'm gonna thing. hit the I'm gonna no, <laughs> Bridget, right. you wait your turn because I know you're gonna say something <laughs> pessimistic. Right. And I'm gonna say something optimistic and romantic. I'm gonna All posit right. that that girl had a crush on you for as long as you had a crush on her. Because oh, if for she sure. was prepared with autographed headshots the next very day, that letter <laughs> only acted as a catalyst. That the fire was already there. You know what I mean? And that was just mm -hmm. a little bit of oil to get uh uh, fire going and I think maybe even more so than the Emmy and the other accolades that's how you know you're a really good writer <laughs> that, that is true I bet if that's the story so was bad if the story was terrible things might have gone different so uh, I also think I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna clear you of being a sociopath because I think this ploy and you know maybe you locked out works again really well in the theater community i can see a yeah. theater girl really liking this sure. uh gesture and someone yeah someone else who has that like protagonist mindset you know i can't you're, you're I, saying I, I, I i couldn't have gone to like a uh, little league women's basketball game and dropped a note yeah. on the court while i was sweeping up or something that wouldn't have worked right uh no yeah no, no. I, yeah, I don't think in my very cool jock circles uh, right. that would have worked as well. Uh, but maybe for people who weren't, you know, for a young Bridget, maybe who like wasn't gonna, she wasn't, she was just pretending to be there. She was just like, <laughs> <laughs> really, she should have been in theater. But uh, I don't know, her older brother was like, you like sports, that's cool. And I was like, great. Uh, <laughs> So, so Bridget, you what know, you're saying is that people who would appreciate this gesture are people who have whimsy and love and imagination in their hearts, yes, souls, and minds. Absolutely. And they feel the rhythm of the world beating in their heart at all times with the mm. a tip of the tap of the toes and a little bit of jazz oh, and lights in their you. eyes. I mean, I gotta I gotta put in a no, I can't I can't let that that's gonna continue forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so no, it, I, oh go ahead. No, no, you go. I'm I'm very happy that uh, Sarah is on my side because Absolutely I know for a I fact from listening to this podcast, if yep. we had been doing theater at the same time, you would not have liked me. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that? We're 
I'm one of uh, I'm one of your dolphins. What did you call them? Oh, what, what was the term, Sarah, for, no, for making no, no, fun no, no, of theater no. kids who are like way into being theater kids? Oh, dolphins. Yes, yeah. that's what it was. Overzealous dolphins. theater kids. Overzealous yeah. theater kids. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What, dude, you went to performing arts high school. You auditioned. How are you not an overzealous theater? Okay, because here's the difference. And this is what we always called it. There's a difference between theater with an ER and theater with an RE. And in of the course. very fact that we called ourselves, we were studying theater, theater with an RE, that is already miles ahead of your average overzealous theater kid who go to drama mm. club. Like the difference oh. in a theater kid and a drama and like, okay, like theater kid is an umbrella term that has a lot of different facets to it. It's kind of, mm. I mean, I feel this is true of all like subgenres of people, I guess, that like there's a genre of people and then there are subgenres of people. Because yeah. like Daniel, the girl you were describing when you said like she was really a star right away, I was like, oh, she's probably somebody who like really was always committed to it and is still probably an actor to this very day. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like there's different and then there was kids who right. there were theater kids who like were super into it, super passionate, and they loved like wicked and thoroughly fucking modern Millie, but like mm. God bless them, they'll never work a day in their life as an actor. Like you can tell for them it's a hobby and they love it, but like it's never right. gonna be a career. And then like there are some people, Daniel, maybe we were in this boat where it's like they're theater kids because there's no official Saturday Night Live fan club at the high school. Like it's like right. theater kids who are really <laughs> yeah. improv kids or comedy kids who theater kids. This is like their way of, of like doing it. I, it. There's many different shades of theater kids. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because then also, like, I still would identify as a theater kid, but as a theater kid who's self-aware of being a theater kid and makes fun of myself mm. for being a theater kid, which in and of itself makes me not a theater kid. Do you understand? It's yeah. like a square and a rectangle, right? <laughs> like a rectangle is always a square. <laughs> like, right. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to be embarrassed about being a theater kid until college. Then I learned, oh, oh I, see, I, no, yeah, you are. I need, I need, more, I need more things uh, to be interested or, or else in. I don't have a personality. <laughs> Right. Yeah, right. no, definitely. There there's there's different levels to this that unless you were a theater kid, you can't understand. Right. Like theater kid is not just a pastiche. It's like it's it's made up of different <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, It's who you are. I'm it's just going to log it's off. If you guys just want to finish the episode without me, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll just put my microphone down. <laughs> No, I, I kind of want to let you dig this hole for yourself. Of uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Everything I've kid. said is correct and makes sense to those who know. If you know, you know. And if you don't, you're Bridget Greenberg. <laughs> no, I, here's the <laughs> thing. Those, I those totally get it. Those are the two subgenres of people. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's, there's two kinds of people in this world. There's theater kids there's and there's Bridget and Greenberg. The, <laughs> and theater kids. Well, I think because everything about me should have been a theater kid. Right. Uh, and... Uh, I, I really I really missed out. So I, I, I get what you're saying, because I do know for someone who has never been in a play in their life, know a, a an alarming amount about musicals and plays. Uh, so I, I. I get your guys's charms, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Bridget, yeah, I was just trying to hide. I was trying to hide my. Uh, my theater kidness my whole life. I, I will and, say, uh, Bridget, as a young Jewish teenage girl, <laughs> you would automatically be an ally to the theater kids. Like, you understand that you're an ally, right? <laughs> sure. 
You're like you're like in, but you don't have to be in theater to be in. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. not sure I know what that means. Because you love the theater. I yeah, I'm... I'm <laughs> Uh, I don't know I'm, if I want to ask you to elaborate. You don't. I'm sorry. I like I said. I'm logging off. I what I said makes sense. If you just have yeah. to like, because you love theater more than anything. More than anything. More than anything. More than uh, yeah. More than my more than my basketball career. You'd my be invited to the cast theater. parties, Bridget. That's thank oh. you. This is what I'm trying to say. I also, I genuinely have no idea if my school had theater or not. I know they did plays about drugs that we had to mm-hmm. watch. Mm. And then I think there was a musical. Because I definitely had friends doing it. No one went. It was not a thing in my high school. Uh, there were no theater all... kids. I know it a private school, but you went with a school that had boys and girls, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I think people just like tried it out. Like, you know, there was no... There are very few people who are devoted to it. There are you had an like, after no. school. You had an after school drama club, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah it was probably an extracurricular. If it's I don't not, know. I was too cool. If it's not there, if it's not like a legacy thing, it's very difficult to get one started. I imagine. Like yeah, I come into high yeah. school and it had already been like a thing for years and years and years. If it didn't exist, if like there wasn't an audience that was willing to go to these things or enough kids who were willing to do it, then we would just be an after-school thing. Uh, right. I guess doing like whose line is it anyway improv games until our parents picked us up. <laughs> uh, zip, zap, zap for yeah. 90 minutes. Oh, fun. <laughs> I missed out. I was, I was unfortunately breaking every bone in my body yeah. uh, instead. Uh, but you know what? I was cool. That's what makes you cool, Bridget. Yeah. That's that's what makes me cool, Bridget. Is that almost every bone has been broken? Mm-hmm. Sarah, did uh, you know that that uh, Bridget's nickname at work for all of her time that she was there was Cool Bridget? This is true. You know, she has said this before, but I don't know if she was just trying to make herself like if she was trying to make that nickname or if that was genuinely a true story. That's a true story. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and based you know, on based on what exactly? Uh, she's uh. Very cool. I've, I mean, like, not not derisively at all. Uh, I just meeting her and like trying to sort of like figure out what her deal is. I was like Bridget is pretty cool. I, I think, I'll say I think that. Bridget's I, cool because she's actually. She's like, wait, can I tell a story about cool Bridget that is actually related to cracked.gov? Um, the very the very first time I met Bridget, thank God, I like had mutual friends and it was just like, oh, I've heard a lot about this. Not a lot, but like I knew this person enough that I knew like she was just a right. regular person. Bridget, I don't even know if you remember this exact moment, but I met you at a house party. You were wearing a leather jacket, and right away cool. people were commenting on the leather jacket. And then a guy. <laughs> this is the this is one of the crazier stories I have because this otherwise should not happen to you, Bridget, and this should not happen to me, Sarah. This guy came up to Bridget and was like, "Hey, um, are you Bridget from like the Cracked videos?" And you were like, "Yeah, I am." And like at that point, I had to escort myself away from the conversation because the guy who had come up to ask you at this party was a guy who had tried to take me on a date, and it was so miserable. I told him we like 
couldn't see each other, whatever. Like, and I never, <laughs> ever, ever have that experience. So I uh, backed out of there because I was like, oh, this is awkward. I do not want to be around this gentleman. Um, but Bridget, had I like just met you cold and that was my first impression of you is being interrupted because someone fucking recognizes you as a celebrity. (laughs) Like I said, thankfully, like I knew you and we had mutual friends, but if I was just like cold talking to you, I'd be like, damn, who the, I would probably look you up because I'd be like, who am I like standing next to and talking to at this party? Uh, that's, uh, (laughs) that's, That's me. Uh, yeah, if you stuck around for the rest of that conversation as, like, the three interactions I've had with someone who, like, recognized me from Cracked, you would have seen, like, oh, this person's not cool because she's just like, uh, yeah, no, I'm, yep, that's, I'm uh, a person on, on the internet, that's me, I'm, uh, yep. And that's, I think, and well, I can tell you the guy, the guy you were talking to is also not cool, so it's okay. <laughs> Whatever you said, I'm sure was fine. This guy was not cool. Yeah, you do a terrible Bridget impression. I think you, you, you... Yeah. You come off as so <laughs> unflappable in real life. And like, that's, that's I think what makes you cool, Bridget, is that everyone else that I'd, I'd worked with up to that point was um, wildly flappable. Just the most flappable <laughs> coterie of dorks yeah. you've ever met. That is, yeah. Uh, that's very kind because, uh, yeah, anytime that's happened to... I remember the, like, ma- the, again, like, third time that has happened to me that I was recognized was I went to the movies the day after uh, the great exodus from Cracked mm-hmm. and someone, the guy uh, at the concession stand recognized me and he's like, oh, you're from Cracked. Keep up the good work. And I was just like oh. taking my popcorn and like slowly like crying. I'm like, I will. I didn't know yeah. if I could like tell him like, yeah, it's, there are no more yeah, videos, Oh my God. That but... kind of would have been funny if you had just been like, thanks. I was just laid off. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got recognized the day of the exodus. Like we all got laid off and then we all got wildly yeah. drunk. And then to yeah. cheer myself up, I went to the movie theater to watch Coco. And as I'm, <laughs> oh my I'm God. sitting there prepared to watch a family movie about death, some guy comes yep. up to me and he's like, excuse me, are you from Cracked? And like drunk as I was, I just turned to him and go, not anymore. <laughs> and it was very dramatic for me but i'm sure for him it was like man what an asshole what the fuck does that mean yeah <laughs> yeah I, oh that's so I funny did, this guy handed me the popcorn and there was like probably 15 seconds of silence before it's just like yeah thanks for <laughs> watching please subscribe <laughs> yeah hit yeah. that like and subscribe yeah i had no idea like i i was like i i didn't feel like breaking it to this concession guy that like i don't know Maybe in like two weeks, there's not going to be videos for a right. very long time. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, we we flattered me too much in my okay. coolness, which uh, I think I I honestly I think the key to it is that there is a baseline level of uncomfortableness that I just carry with me. Okay. So it seems unflappable, but well, it's you just also like- maintain this air of mystery by like you don't post on your Twitter. You're very rarely active <laughs> on Instagram. Like it's kind of like when you come out and say something, everyone listens because you so rarely come out and say something. Again, it's this air of mystery that you've built. I, I- I've stolen all my cool tips from like what I imagine a cool teenage boy would be like. Okay. That's you- that's what uh, you're you're saying. Like what I'm hearing is just like. Yeah, they kind of stay in the background. You don't know what they're thinking, but they're going to talk. And uh, that's where my cool tips come from. Because when you do emerge on Instagram, 
it's always a picture of like, here I am on a mountain that I'm climbing currently. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. well, as I, I'm scrolling through that, like in the same spot on my couch that I've been for three days. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like that. And then say same below it. Yeah. Br- Bridget's Instagram, <laughs> Bridget's Instagram profile is that of like every single hinge profile of like cool guys I see in LA that like, there's like all of their entries. Like I like to read. I like to hike. I love dogs. I love coffee. Like, okay. I, I just got to. Yeah, I I guess I gotta learn to fish and hold hold a bass. Hell yeah, with that. Uh, yeah, I Daniel, oddly I though, Bridget, I feel like you would be so good at fishing. Like I do feel I like that is definitely in your Bridget. I go fishing all I, the time. I would love to go fishing with you. I will teach you how to fish. I bet you know how to fish. Teach me how to fish, Bridget. Bridget knows how to. She's from Florida. She, she has to know how to fish legally. She could drive a boat. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> driving a boat is not a difficult thing to do. Neither is fishing. You, I mean, what the fuck? You think <laughs> <laughs> it's just waiting more than anything else? Here's the thing. I'm very easily grossed out. I don't think I could touch the fish. I think I could catch it, and then I'd be like, Daniel, okay. deal with this. I could do that. Bridget, you yeah. go you go yeah. fishing. I'll go noodling, and then we'll compare oh. our catches. <laughs> Daniel, do you know what noodling is? I don't. <laughs> Okay, of course is, not. You're a respectable, upright, standing citizen of society, and not a yeah. bayou backwater. Yeah, it's piece a very of trash like me. <laughs> yeah, you got to be from the swamps to uh, know what noodling is. But uh, what noodling is is uh, it is a type of fishing. But uh, what these people do is they just go, they wade into a swamp and just stick their arm into the swamp water, into the bog, and wait for a catfish. To just suck on their arm oh, and then yeah. pull it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you seen it that. where they go into, do you see where they go into like the bog and they'll dig a hole yep. and then they'll create pressure in the hole so a fish swims towards it and that's when they fist them in the mouth and grab oh, them by the okay. gills. How, how quick, oh, you, uh, how quick do you need to be? Is it a speed game or like once they're on there? Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be fast because oh. them catfish are gonna be, they're gonna, they're gonna fight. Fuck yeah. This is exciting. I, Let's do it. When are we doing it? You just punch, literally, you just punch, you you punch a fist through a fish, and then you pull up, and, like, up to your damn elbow is a fish attached yeah. to your arm. Yeah. Look, Sarah, stop selling. You made the sale. I'm on board. Yeah. Just tell me Let's when. Let's go You're noodling. We uh, gotta get down to the swamp and uh, just get a catfish. That would, that doesn't terrify. You're not freaked out by a catfish, just. No. Not okay. Wow. No. Okay, so here's the thing: you got to get down there like 7 a.m. You must be wearing <laughs> flip flops. Okay. A lot of bug spray. Yeah. Um, at least two or three cigarettes prior okay. to. You really gotta. I mean, if you're really gonna like get into it, right? It's kind of like if you're gonna go hunting. You got to spear deer piss on you. Mm-hmm. This is what naturally attracts a catfish: flip flops, cigarettes, <laughs> cheap light beer, cut off jean shorts. Okay. Now yeah. you're ready to noodle. I'm, I'm as soon as this pandemic lifts. I should, yeah, well, I should write the WikiHow on this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, all I knew about it was you stuck your arm in and the catfish bit, like, yeah. bit it or sucked it. I don't know if catfish have teeth. Uh, I, th- I think you're the one that, I think you're the one that got to grab them. I think you're the one from the inside you got to hold on. Yeah. From the inside? What are you holding on to? Uh, guts. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be guts. Just guts, just catfish guts. No, but you you can grab them from the inside on their gills, you yeah, know. If you like, like just like grab oh, by the just like regular the, fishing the lip, right by the cheek. 
I guess. If anybody noodles, roughstuffpod at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Let us know when we can join you. Yeah, I'm going to need specific, accurate instructions because time is a factor. If I don't get the answers soon, I'm just going to drive to a swamp and just start punching the ground. So, like, someone get at (laughs) me with the truth as soon as possible. Until, yeah. And these catfish, catfish are big. Yeah. They are huge. (laughs) Ugh, I hate them. Giant fish. Uh yeah, uh you're you're doing your uh your your classy deep sea boat fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh you come down to Florida and people are just like gra- like it's illegal to do this. But uh I know a couple who lobster dive and when the lobsters migrate down to Florida in like a giant conga line, uh the people just dive to the bottom of the ocean and grab lobsters out of the conga line. Uh, what a dream. In the deep sea. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds uh, great. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, apparently very illegal, but uh, yeah, lobster season, big deal. People just picking lobsters up off the bottom of the floor. Never done it. We're, we weren't fishing people. Okay, so when the three, Not of, us, yet. When the three of us spin off this podcast into a, a fish-centric, mm. noodle-centric, lobster-centric podcast, um, <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can do all these and make them big events, right? Live, yeah. Live, yeah, 100%. Live stream, noodling. <laughs> the- There'll be there'll be a uh, like a cruise. Okay. I have I like have gone crabbing spin-off. before, so I do have that expertise. Oh, we went crabbing. I can catch crabs. All the time. It's great. Yeah. 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 We picked up like crawdads a lot from mm-hmm. the Craw- swamp yeah, hell behind yeah. my school. They're mud bugs. Uh, you can, you just, don't even need a swamp. You just need some dirt and water. Bam. <laughs> uh, yeah. We. <laughs> well, one time a manatee got stuck behind that swamp. And uh, like the EPA had to come and rescue the manatee because somehow like it, it couldn't be in the freshwater swamp. Oh. See now things are Florida. sad. Yeah, yeah, but it was a it was a very exciting day at the school where uh, there was just a manatee in a swamp. That was, uh, that was very. <laughs> that is the most flor. That is the most Floridian shit I've ever heard in my life. We were so excited because a manatee got stuck in the swamp in our schoolyard. Science is canceled today, kids. Look at that manatee. For, I, that was a. Uh, I mean, I marine biology was a course we took, and we just like caught plankton in that swamp. And uh, one of the courses were the people who spotted that manatee so yeah that was science <laughs> class that is the florida education system is uh we go to a swamp and we spot what animals got caught in there <laughs> that's what we did instead of theater <laughs> uh but daniel i know um yes. i don't i don't want to at the risk of blowing up your your spot oh no Uh-oh. i know you've uh you've prepared um and I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, we've gotten the full picture. Yeah, I, th- of, I think uh, you're embarrassing. Well, well, here's here's the thing. I think because I told an impromptu story where uh, things work out in yeah. the end, I, I, I do want to make sure a full picture uh, is is mm-hmm. presented. That, yeah, that um, it wasn't. And I want to give you that room. It, it was not like an easy road in middle school and high school. <laughs> I was still a uh, like loud theater kid. And also to offset right. that. Uh, clarinet player in the marching band and and there's there's Ooh. just like no matter how funny I am and no matter like how outgoing or nice I try to be there's just like <laughs> they're they're in the 90s in New Jersey in the past people are just not gonna like <laughs> you that that combination of things just like <laughs> nope yeah I can't yeah I, I 
you could you could like see it in someone's eyes when I'm proudly playing right. clarinet in the marching band that there are guys just seething in the bleachers like he's not supposed to like that. He's not supposed to do that in front of people. <laughs> he should be embarrassed and he's yeah. not and I'm mad. So there was a yeah, lot of that. I think there yeah. I think there's a and again it's a thread amongst I think people who ended up going into comedy where like there, there. I mean, there are obvious things that, like, you know, that seem nerdy on the outside, like theater or clarinet or what have you. But I, <laughs> I almost don't. I think that kind of stuff makes you and makes you learn to feel comfortable with yourself. Yeah. So, like, when you get into yeah. the comedy world, or like as an adult, you become kind of better adjusted in that, like, yeah, these were the things I like doing. I've always done them, and I'm fine with it now. Right. I think uh, I, I I count myself very lucky because it turns out that um, my self-defense mechanisms and my hobbies were things that um, masqueraded as confidence, which I did not have. But right. uh, But like, right. it, I fooled people because like self-defense mechanism, that's jokes. That's like I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be funny so so no one can pick on me. And hobbies were musical theater and. In addition to clarinet, I played in like a like a uh, rock and roll band with uh, a, a right. soft folk rock band with my two older brothers. These are just th like hobbies, things that I like to do. Um, but in in reality, what's happening is I'm a person in high school who is like I'm going to stand on stage and I'm going to do a thing that I I have prepared and I stand behind right. it. Like that's a th yeah. that that masquerades as confidence, uh, which is in short supply in high school. The the yeah. problem with that is like I never uh, capitalized on that. It's not like a, like I didn't walk around feeling like a confident person the next day. I just thought I was doing my hobby. So uh, it it, right. it, mm. it translated to absolutely no uh, game or or like right social clout at all. But I did trick I people think for a that, while. I think that's <laughs> you can trick people, and I think that. Uh, I think that's a better way. That's a better like long run plan in that like you learn the hobbies that you actually like and enjoy. And even though people make fun of you, like you're still going to do them. So when you're an adult, you're a little more comfortable with the fact that like, you know, not everyone has to think what I'm doing is cool. But if I like it, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and that's how the adult world functions. And that's better. And I think uh, you have you know, people like a young Bridget who I understood what, like, and like a lot of us, I I understood because of the pop culture thing, I understood what was cool. I knew what the cool things were and I was like, I'm just going to insert myself in that and see if mm -hmm. that works for me. And uh, that's how I operated. And now, like, I, I never got to be a theater kid and I honestly be a theater kid. But you, stayed, they, uh... you stayed cool your whole life. <laughs> yeah do you want to be a theater kid or do you want to be cool i mean this this is a very difficult this conversation is, understanding this is true, that but, you okay. cannot be both my, my <laughs> life no you cannot be both and my life ended up veering more towards theater kid than a star athlete uh <laughs> so you know <laughs> you're gonna end yeah, up but you the know same what? Can, roadblocks. I, can i tell you though jock not cool someone who yeah, doesn't do any I mean, extra that's like cool is like above it all you know what i mean and so mm. like if you were a part of a genre if your right. friend circle in high school can be boiled down to a genre of a kind of person you're not cool mm. so right bridget you're also, you're like above it all you know what i'm saying 
I get look I, down I, on us. Well, here's the thing. I think because I found myself in the wrong uh, extracurricular for myself. Uh, like I was okay. The bar for for better or worse, uh, when when you're uh, especially a high school middle school girl, the bar for athleticism is is pretty low. Mm-hmm. So I was slightly above that bar. So I snuck into athletic, and uh, I wasn't athletic enough to do anything more than be okay at basketball. Uh, so I didn't have to take it seriously. So I was still make. I was I was. I decided one night that it was like 70s night and I was the only person to dress in like 70s gear. And like I did like oh, weird comedy mm-hmm. skits at halftime. Like I still made a fool of myself. That's good. So That's I important. still found myself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for for our, our young rough stuff listeners, if you're a weirdo, there's no just stop trying to be cool. It's not going to it's you know, you can fool some people. Yeah. And I I, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think what one of the things that I learned growing up that uh I don't know if it's if it's useful advice because if, if someone had told me when I was young, I can't imagine that I would listen to it. Um, no, of course not. <laughs> but and I'm sure people did. But like what I thought of as like the 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 cool kids in school, like the top tier of of coolness right. and popularity, what it probably was was just like these kids are 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 comfortable in their own skin. These are just people exactly. who, who are like who are okay right now and aren't sitting around dreaming about being cool one day. As I was doing, yeah, they right. just they're they're just doing their thing, and yeah. and you respect that because game recognize game, and it's like it's cool to see people like no matter how bizarre or off the beaten path their interest might be, like noodling, mm-hmm. um, it's like cool <laughs> to see people do exactly what they want to do, and and right. to do it with like with a plum and with responsibility, like yeah, this is the thing I do, I really enjoy it. That's it. Period. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Right. And I think, uh, like, based on your story of of, of dropping uh, your short story, oh, in front of a so girl, cool. I don't, I don't want to advocate for everyone doing like I in you know, it would be impossible to tell that a young would high never work just, again. Like, that tell would someone never how work you feel. Again. Yeah, it would never work again. But I do think it worked in that situation yeah. because uh, you you found you found a appropriate niche to express that. Yes. Uh. And so, like, in that moment, it was cool. You were, like, the cool writer, artsy kid. Right. I think if um, uh, if, if I had to recreate that uh, as a 13-year-old now, uh, I would have to <sighs> accidentally share a private TikTok account that was for no one's eyes. And, like... <laughs> yeah. Right. Post a draft. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So one of those... Whatever people do now. I, uh... Yeah, you were. It was certainly right place, right time. Yeah, uh, and there's also yeah, no kismet. telling. And there's also no telling, like a a, a thirteen whatever year old kid that like, hey, maybe just tell them how you feel and ask them on a date. That's not yeah. advice. That's no, helpful. Of course, you're not, not going to do that. That's awful. No, that's the one. Get out of here, yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one's going to listen to that advice. That's an impossible task. So. Uh, you know, you were in the right place at the right time, so you get the uh, clear from being a sociopath. Yes. All right. This is uh, you've been that, absolved. That, that, that that's, counts. Uh, that's, that's legally you admissible. You done good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll wrap up. We'll let we'll let uh, you go. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I hope I didn't talk too much. Yeah. Oh it no. Was, it was. It was uh, so much fun talking to you. Uh, let, uh, you know, 
I, everyone who listens to this podcast, I'm sure, is a fan of yours. But, you know, let let them know where they can find your stuff. Um, check out the podcast, Quick Question, with Soren and Daniel. It's available yeah. anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's me and my best friend, Soren Bowie, separated by 3,000 miles, asking each other questions and giving each other answers. But it mostly just uh, devolves into us telling stories uh way more embarrassing the one that i told on this show because the one i told on this show i'm kind of the hero uh (laughs) everything came up daniel i'm trying to not be on twitter anymore so ignore twitter uh support rough stuff and everything else on the small beans podcast network if you have money donate it to the patreon for the small beans network or uh, Children of the Night, my favorite charity. It's a charity based in Los Angeles where they take uh, young children rescued from childhood prostitution and they teach them and rehabilitate them and make them better prepared to re-enter the world safely and responsibly. So childrenofthenight.org, check it out. That's awesome. That's Thanks, awesome. Daniel. Yeah, that's that's really great. Definitely, definitely check that out. That sounds... We'll I'm going post- to check that out. Yeah, we'll post a link um, to that organization on our Twitter page, which is at RoughStuffPod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Across the board, that's us. And also, I was serious about emailing us at RoughStuffPod at gmail.com. Go ahead, drop us a line. Um, check us out there. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, everyone, yeah. make sure email uh, Rough Stuff the plot of 10 Things I Hate About You. Please, yeah, oh, please. let us know what the plot of that movie is. If you have like some sort of ripped copy, send it our way. We're going to go now. Bye, everybody. Bye.